wanting to get a real shower, not a Gatorade bath, because I want to get focused on Alabama. They got a five, six hour head start. So I'm not, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not interested in celebrating that. We'll look back on that that win and that'll be great, but we're focused on the task ahead. That's that's the objective. And that's what our guys, you know, they worked their tail off for three to four weeks to get this opportunity. And it was a one game season. And now it's another one game season. I'm not focused on Gatorade bass. But you guys, gave us a lot of really positive rat poison. The rat poison that you usually give us is usually fatal. But the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. <laughs> the anticipation of the mayo bath and then I got hammered in the back of the head by the cooler before they dumped it on me. So I may have a concussion uh, from that. And then on top of that, I got the mayo. And uh, it was awful, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm so glad I got to experience because we won, but it was even more awful than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I mean, these pants and, and I changed shirts, but it's, 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 I mean, I got mayo in my pockets and, and I'll be getting mayo off of me for months. Oh, welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, I'm just happy to be talking to you, brother. How you been? It's been a little mm. while. Yes, as you guys know, I I like to disconnect for a little <laughs> bit right after the college football season, and it was a wild season. Uh, been listening to the podcast. Man, Mike, I appreciate the effort. You've, you've had some great talent on. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I feel up to date, but – yeah, man, I'm ready to jump back into this thing, brother. Uh, you know, it was a tough season for my Tennessee Vols, but it was a good season for a lot of people out there, especially them Georgia fans doing their victory laps online, you know. I mean, think about all the 1980 jokes we've had to officially <laughs> retire. We cannot point at that anymore. No more Mark Rick 2.0, you know. So it's uh, it's going to be a wild – it's already been pretty crazy uh, here in the off season. And uh, some of that stuff I think we're going to get to. Yeah, without a doubt. And when I reached out to you, Shane, I said, hey, can I get you all in a pod here? For Monday's show, it's always a big one. And he says, yes, but you better make it fun. You better make it interesting. Otherwise, I ain't showing up. So, hey, I got two fun ideas. We're going to break down. We're going to rank the players that are left early for the NFL, toughest to replace, and then I'm – I'm already starting to look up next I, next season. I didn't say that, by the way. I didn't say that, by the way. <laughs> my, what I said was, let me eat my dinner first. <laughs> Wife brought home a calzone. Man, my diet is wrecked, brother. Let me tell you real quick. I, I'll be, uh, I, I'm not, you know, Noom doesn't sponsor this thing, but I've tried every diet known to man, and I said, you know what? You know, maybe it's psychology. Maybe that's my problem. So I jumped on this thing. I saw a couple of cool commercials, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, buddy, I've, I'm off the wagon. I, it's it's January 23rd. Uh, I, I just enjoyed a wonderful uh, calzone from my favorite Italian place. And, uh, you know, I, I told Mike, I said, you know what? I think the problem is we got a vacation coming up, and, and I keep 
kick it. You know, I just like, yeah, I don't want to start a diet knowing I'm going to be down there in Orlando, you know, mm-hmm. eating all the food there at Disney. So I was like, I don't want to start a diet now. So I thought maybe if I could just kind of maintain, you know, and I thought the noon thing would help because it helped me with the psychology. <laughs> But, man, every morning I'm like, I ain't got time for your lessons. I ain't got time for the weigh-in. I don't want to log my food anymore. I feel guilty. But, Mike, I promise after the trip I'm back on it. Uh, but, yeah, even the cold beer, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to drink water. Yeah, no, clearly that didn't last. My New Year's resolutions is shot to shit, you know. But, hey, there's always next year, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Shane's the only guy I know that uh, he gets in vacation mode two weeks before the actual vacation. But <laughs> and that's how much we're looking forward to this trip. I can't wait to, to be down there with you, buddy. But Absolutely. Before we get to our show topics, we did have a couple of news items around the league, Shane. Just want to hit on these real quickly. I'll probably take a deeper dive on some of this stuff throughout the week. But, hey, potentially big news, Shane, because Georgia receiver Jermaine Burton, we touched on it. Last week, entering the transfer portal, he has made his decision, Shane. He's going to Alabama. So, mm-hmm. Alabama losing their top three receivers to the NFL. Now they slide in one of the most talented Georgia receivers to that roster. Man, this uh, this Georgia-Alabama rivalry is heating up even in the transfer portal season. You know what? Oh, man, Mike. That's a that's a blow, man. That's That's – that's just downright evil, you know. I, I think there's a there's a list when you're a Georgia receiver of places you can't go, and I would think to the top of that list is the University of Alabama. So I, I could just imagine how many unfollowers he got there on Twitter this week. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of uh, Georgia transfers, another big one, Shane, this was uh, already kind of suspected, but made official former starting safety Latravius Brini, Shane, started mm-hmm. for the national champions for 11 games. He is headed to Arkansas. So mm-hmm. that's a hell of a pickup for Sam Pittman and company who they lost a couple transfers. Now they've gained even more than they've lost anytime. I mean, imagine where we're at now with the Arkansas Razorbacks, Shane. This is what we keep trying to tell people here. You are pulling starters from the national championship team to come to Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I mean, these aren't garbage players. These aren't players yeah. that were recruited highly and, and never have done anything in college. This is a starter off the national championship team coming to Fayetteville to secure the back end, which I think was the weakest part of that defense last season. So, man, that's a hell of a pickup for Arkansas. <laughs> Absolutely, man. This is this is what you want to see from Sam. You know, everybody's been looking for the drop-off, but, man, they just keep winning and it's starting to show up on the field. And it'll keep showing up on the field because in the offseason, if you can steal from national championship teams, man, I mean, that's that's what you want, brother. That's what you want. You want to be able – a transfer portal, it's okay if you get some guy from, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, you know, yeah. some backup <laughs> safety or something like that. But when you can steal from – a uh, a reigning national champ team that that just speaks volumes to how good your coach is doing yeah without a doubt and then we got a couple uh quick coach news here shane just the assistant coaches but sticking there with arkansas surprising news here jermail ashley the defensive line coach he got fired over the weekend shane and <laughs> this comes after sam Pittman said he wanted to keep all his assistants so i don't really know mm-hmm. what the backstory is but something obviously happening down there in in fayetteville i'll try to get uh mm-hmm. s- some more inside info on that but 
Hey, it's interesting. Probably t- was in Vegas. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I don't want to start the rumor, but maybe it was a wild weekend of it. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't put it in the papers yet. <laughs> Texas A&M, they, they finally got themselves an offensive line coach, Shane, Steve Adazio, former Boston College head, head coach, Colorado State head coach, and he worked for Urban Meyer. He was an offensive line coach for the Gators when they were winning national championships. What's, now he's going to work for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. So that looks like uh, – Was this last year? Uh, yeah, last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Was was uh, was he in Boston College last year? I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. I think this was a – Okay. I can't remember how long ago. But last season, I believe he was head coach at Colorado State. So hey, oh, okay. anytime you can hire a damn – Offensive line coach has been head coach a number of stops. I mean, that's got to feel like yeah. a, that's a win for the for the Yankees. Absolutely. I was just thinking, in Boston College boys, we got a little dose of them when Mizzou went up there, and them, <laughs> they, they had a hell of an offensive line. So I don't know if he had anything to do with that, but uh, yeah. no, uh, I, I think that's important, especially you know that's one of those things that that don't get talked about a lot. You know, somebody with head coaching experience. Now, you know, I, I don't think he's he's going to you know take over any jobs, but. There is some things that maybe he's had to encounter that, you know, he could rub, you know, that he can help Jimbo with. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's a big hire for them. And then uh, Auburn finally got them a defensive line coach, Jimmy Brumba, who this was the guy, Shane, that uh, Pruitt fired in the middle of the – remember the mm. – I know you don't want to talk yep. about this guy, but uh, there was a quarterback mm-hmm. at Tennessee through a couple pick sixes, and then immediately after they fired the defensive line yeah. coach, and the joke was, well, hell, that'll fix a quarterback, fire the defensive line coach. <laughs> But he's back. He's at uh, Auburn. He's been at Kentucky. He's an Auburn grad, a standout Auburn defensive lineman back in the 90s. So there you go, Tigers. You round out your staff there with the defensive line coach. And then uh, mm-hmm. last but not least, this was just interesting to me, Shane, because uh, Ole Miss corner coach Terrell Buckley, he just abruptly announced, hey, I'm leaving Lane Kiffin's right. s- staff. Uh, this was, I think, on Friday. And now with this news, Shane, Ole Miss is – replacing their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, running back coach, corners coach. So, man, a ton, a ton of turnover there in Oxford. And uh, we got great faith in Lane Kiffin. He's been one of the best hires since uh, in recent SEC memory. So, hey, I'm not uh, saying this is the end of Ole Miss football or anything, but just it's interesting. So much turnover there after the huge 10-win season. Yeah, I mean, this is – this is, I think, his second biggest test. I mean, obviously, losing his quarterback is a big one, but you know, replacing that much, that much talent on on both sides uh, of the coaching staff that that bleeds down, brother. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? There's a lot of kids on that team that that came to play for a certain coach that may not be there anymore. So, uh, yeah, this is going to be a big big off season for Ole Miss. I think this is going to show us. You know, we all know how talented he is in, in play calling, but, you know, let's see how talented he is in building the staff. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Hey, so hey, let's get to our first show topic of the day. And I know you're going to laugh this season. I mean, it's starting ev- earlier and earlier every year. But, <laughs> hey, it's the off season, brother. We got to find something to talk about. And if you're on You can't Tennessee fall, man. I've been, it's been list season since week five, you know, <laughs> let's talk about what we got coming back next year, baby. <laughs> but if you don't know the NFL draft, the, the deadline to declare early just passed last, I believe it was Friday. So we officially know every single player that is leaving early for the uh, 2022 NFL draft. And I thought it'd be a little fun here, Shane, 
I've ranked the top 10 players that I think are going to be the toughest to replace next season. How's that sound? Let's do it. Number 10. Now, this one of, uh, I know he's one of your favorites, Shane. I love this guy too. Reigning national champion. But I got number 10, Zamir Zeus White, Georgia running back. Mm-hmm. And I know that Georgia Bulldogs, they just crank out those running backs. So, you know, right. I, I'd put him a little, little bit higher if uh, if not for the fact that I got confidence in Kirby Smart and company to to be able to replace Zamir White. But huge loss, Shane, team captain, came back for mm-hmm. a reason, came back to deliver that championship. He, you know, he wasn't always the, the star running back or anything, but he was that battering ram. Right that you got to have in the SEC, and he delivered time and time again this season for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm going to miss Zeus White. Yeah, man. I, 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 Obviously, not the flashiest player, you know, not the sexiest one in the NFL draft, but like you said, late in the second, third quarters, you know, that was a guy you leaned on, and that was a guy that kept moving the chains, and that's a guy that you're definitely going to miss. Fan favorite. Uh, Zeus, you know, you always you always heard the the Zeus call after the <laughs> after a run, you know, not going to have that anymore. But uh, yeah, one of those unsung players, I think, on that national championship team. Number nine. Now, number nine, Shane, I got Isaiah Spiller, former Texas A&M running back. Mm-hmm. He's been so so consistent, one of the best running backs in the country since he's been getting his time there at A&M. Uh, I think uh, something like 1,200 rushing yards the last two seasons, and this Aggies offense has been loud, has been led by the ground attack here in recent memory. And it's, uh, you know, I know we got some good players there returning, but Isaiah Spiller, that's not one that uh, you're gonna just gonna sub another player in there for the Aggies. I, I think he's that good. And and probably down further on this list because he was part of a committee and that's right. you know not not a knock on him but there was other talent in that backfield you know you put you put you put him on a team where he is the sole back I, I think he has a bigger impact and I think he's higher up your ranks but definitely going to miss him at Texas A&M number eight now number eight Shane staying on A&M I got Kenyon Green the offensive lineman he's been an all-american since the day he's mm-hmm. set foot on campus three years and off to the NFL going to be a likely first round pick. And, you know, he was kind of the heart and soul of that maroon goon from two years ago. And he was the anchor right. of the line this year that struggled at points, but, but really got stronger as the season came along. Kenyon green. That's he's one of them freaks like Trey Smith that, uh, Hey, you just, you're, it's going to be tough to replace, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. That offensive line at times it was was very frustrating to watch, but it wasn't because of effort, lack of effort from Mr. Green. You know what I'm saying? So right. when you lose the best player uh, uh, on the offensive line, that's that's always going to take a toll, and obviously did. I mean, look at the like you said, the Marungan. When not, you when your good offensive linemen leave, man, you, you that next round's got to be able to bounce back. And uh, that like you said, later in the season, it felt like they were starting to gel, and a lot of that had to do with the team captain there. Mm-hmm. Number seven. Now, next on the list, Shane, I hate to even put this guy this low because he was so damn good, All-American, one of the biggest impact players in the country last year. But, hey, we already got Jermaine Burton. So, I'm going mm-hmm. number seven, Jamison Williams, Alabama, wide receiver. He was co-special teams player of the SEC, so he returned kicks. He did everything. And like I, like I yeah. said, I hate to put him this low, but we are loaded at receiver at Alabama. I know we don't got a ton of experience, but like I said, we're bringing mm-hmm. in Jermaine Burton. We got all these stars. 
if it was any other team, this guy's probably number one on the list, but <laughs> yeah. I just got that much yeah. confidence that Alabama's going to be able to replace his production. Yeah, kind of like Spiller. There's just so many out there. But, you know, one thing I like about him was he was that Swiss Army knife, man. He, yeah. You know, that man wore several hats for the university. And it's tough to find a utility player like that. So, uh, uh, definitely a big hit for Alabama. Hopefully, I'm sure they're going to reload, but – you know, this is one of those guys you want to stash on your fantasy team, man. This may be the next Debo, so. <laughs> exactly. Number six. All right, number six, Shane. I got the uh, Alab- sticking with Alabama, their left tackle, Evan Neal, who I've already seen one mock draft, Shane. They got Evan Neal as the number one overall player in the country. So I may mm-hmm. have him too low on this list. I mean, he's been a freak athlete. He's been a starter since day one down there in Tuscaloosa. He is going to be tough to replace, but. At the same time, it seems like every three years, Alabama just, they got this star lineman and three times All-American, then he's going to be a first-round pick. They just, I don't know how the hell they do it, but it's part of the key to their success down there. Evan Neal, number six, he may be the first lineman, he may be the first player taken in the NFL draft. Yeah, I I think you're a little low on him too, because like you said, this is, the second most important position on a team is left tackle. You know, right. he is protecting your franchise. So uh, uh, I, I think he's going to be a big get to whoever can get him in the NFL draft. This is one of those guys that we look back 10, 15 years from now and talk about future induction in the Pro Hall of Fame. I, that's how good this player is going to be. Mm-hmm. Number five. Well, staying at left tackle, Shane. So, th- so this is where I'm getting a little tricky with this list. I think he's going to be a little mm-hmm. bit tougher to replace for Mississippi State. Charles Cross, also the left tackle. And it's more of a – he came in as a five-star, and he's been an anchor for that Mike Leach air raid offense at the left tackle spot the last two seasons. He is also being mm-hmm. projected as a high first-round pick. I mean, they, they just don't get many of these guys at Mississippi State. You know, the five-star linemen that come in there and dominate and, and you just secure your – you know, he's out there on an island every single – hell, they throw the ball 600 times down there, Mississippi State. Uh, it's going <laughs> right. to be tough for them to replace Charles Cross. So, again, I'm not saying he's a better player than Evan Neal, but I just think he'll be a little bit tougher to replace just because Mississippi State don't get guys like this very often. God, Mike, I'm just preparing you. You're going to have a lot of hate mail tomorrow. <laughs> and, and because we're halfway through this list, and I'm like, wait a minute, that guy's not as good as – and then I, I forgot what your list was about. Oh, yeah. The biggest impact. So, hell, we halfway through it, and I'm already mad at you. So, uh, no, <laughs> I think you better get ready. I'll make a graphic, Shane. I'm going to put that in the smallest <laughs> typing, what it actually is. I'll make sure to tag you on it, and uh, you won't be able to get yeah. online for about a week and a half. Like it, like him drug commercials. Just put it down there at the bottom, real small, you know. <laughs> May cause diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but you're right. Big impact. I, I think you know because when you look at Mississippi State, I mean there is a lot of talent on that team, but there's not a lot of first round talent. Mm, uh, right, every right. eye goes to that left tackle position. So if you're looking at it at the biggest impact, hell, he may be one or two on this list. Number. How about number four, Shane? I love this guy. Buckus Award winner, Nakobe Dean, linebacker for Georgia. Oh I mean, yeah. he was all over the damn field. And again, he'd probably be number one on this list if I didn't have so much confidence in Georgia. You know, they have they've got so mm-hmm. much dang talent down there in Athens. I mean, they'll they're not gonna fall apart by any means, but I don't care who they got. They they don't got another Nakobe Dean 
just ready to step no. in immediately. So, I mean, he was gangbusters all season long, and he, he carried that over to the national championship game. You know what? Dude, he, he – I mean, I have so much respect for this guy. I think he's the best player on Georgia. I just think he's the, one of the best players that come through Georgia in a long time. And, mm-hmm. and he was a coach on the field. I think that's one of those things that you just can't – you can't teach, man. That's just – either you have the – I mean, obviously he's a very talented guy, but – just I, I think of that national championship game and, and getting on to his players, you know what I'm saying, his teammates, and, and he was coaching. You know what I'm saying? He's a coach yeah. on the field. He's, he's going to be a huge get in the NFL, uh, going to be a huge loss for Georgia, but a uh, hell of a talent. Number three. Now here's where it's going to get tricky, Shane. This is where the real complaints are probably going to come in. Number three, <laughs> I got Wondell Robinson, Kentucky receiver, 120-something catches. He shattered the school record for catches, receiving yards. I mean, he was the one that made that offense go. And I think he's going to be a first-round pick. You talk about Debo Samuel. I mean, a little bit different body type, but I could see Wondell being this type of player in the NFL. Special teams, offense. Hell, they may even bring him in on Hail Marys to intercept passes. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, he is that (laughs) versatile. He was that important to Kentucky's football success this year. And, man, I, they just ain't got no one else like him on the roster. They're going to have to hit the transfer portal just like they did to bring him in if they're going to have uh, any hope yeah. of, of replacing Wandell. He was he was that critical, I thought. Well, Mike, I think they didn't win some of their games last year if they weren't two-dimensional. And that's something we talked about going into the season. But if it weren't for Wandell, they would just be a running team. They wouldn't have, they, they wouldn't have changed anything. So, him alone sometimes took over a game. So, absolutely, very important for University of Kentucky. And, uh, obviously, you're going to – they're going to have to get – I think it's one of those they're going to have to get multiple guys mm-hmm. because uh, he was he was just that good of a talent for Kentucky. Number two. All right, number two, Shane, one of my favorite players here, Traylon Burks, Arkansas receiver. Just – I mean, it's, it's so cliche to say, but he really is like a man amongst boys out there. You know I mean? Yeah. There was no stopping yeah. him. He's, he's bigger than everybody. He's faster than anybody. He's got hands that are like a 11 inches, something crazy. Like he can catch a football with, <laughs> with a couple fingers, you know, if he tried. So, uh, I mean, Arkansas, we, we love the progress there that they have been making in Fayetteville, but they simply don't have another trail on Burks because I don't know if there's another one like him in the country. He is just going to be impossible to replace next season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's one of those guys when he was hurt – and he wasn't out there, it clearly shown on, on the offense. They had trouble moving the ball. So, he was their offense at times. And it was so funny because he's one of those guys that's like anybody in that stadium knows exactly who's going to get the football, and you couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. biggest. That's one of the biggest lost Kentucky, uh, Arkansas history right there. Number one. Right, number one, Shane. Toughest guy to replace, is the, I think, is the only guy that can knock Traylon off the perk, and it's mainly because of the position he plays. And, you know, he's a hell of a player in his own right. But Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback, yeah. he just meant so much to that team this year. And I think, you know, him getting injured towards the tail end of the season, it, it certainly played effect on the team. And, and that's why they lost mm-hmm. the Sugar Bowl. And, you know, there's not a lot of players out there, Shane, that are going to be first-round draft picks that would have said, all right, I'm a quarterback, you know, I'm kind of small in stature, but you give me the ball 20, 25 times in a, against a team like Tennessee and I'll rush it. I mean, this kid, did, he did whatever they asked of him and, you know, just one of the toughest, most talented players. 
And I think once more and more NFL people study the tape on Matt Corral, I think that's why he's going to be the number one overall pick. Well, not number one, I guess, because Jacksonville's got it, but the first quarterback taken in the NFL. I don't, to me, it's not even a, a question. I'd go Matt Corral for, for his talent, his leadership, his toughness. He's just an impossible to replace player. Oh, clear, clear answer, Mike. I mean, obviously, everybody listening knew that should be number one. I still think you can make an argument, Nicobe Dean. I just think, I think he was a little bit further up the list. But I don't know, man. I, I just, I can hear everybody typing right now. Mike <laughs> is an idiot. So just be sure to let him know that this was not my list. This was yours, but. Uh, Matt Corral, I, I think, obviously was Ole Miss, was Ole Miss's offense. Uh, uh, Lane Kiffin got, I think, a little too much credit last year uh, for what, you know, what Matt brought to the table. And, and you know, you're not going to be able to replace that. That's one of those guys that come through every so often. You're just like, damn, you know, that, that Johnny Manziel that, that just – took over and Cam Newton, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those quarterbacks that come through ever so often and they just change your program. And uh, we're going to look back and we're going to talk about how great Matt was for a long time. All right, Shane. Hey, now, Oh, one other guy I, I didn't mention and, and probably, we're probably going to get critiqued for not, for not having him on the list, Derek Stingley for LSU. But yeah. my God, I mean, he didn't really even play like the last two years. So I, yeah. I feel like he's already, he's been gone <laughs> since uh, the championship team. He's, you know, I don't want to call him out or anything, but it certainly seems like uh, seems like he's not been a part of the team since uh, since Joe Burrow. You know what? Yeah, I thought he's been in the NFL for three years. What's uh, <laughs> is there any other? Let me ask you. Since we're talking we're talking list here, is there anybody uh, that you considered but didn't put on the list? I mean, is there just? I, I don't want you to you know do a deep dive on it, but I guess some honorable mentions. Yeah, so I, Kevin Harris, South Carolina running back. I I probably would have put mm-hmm. him in the top 10, but I thought Zaquandre White was maybe even better than him last year. So, yeah. it, I don't know, it didn't make sense there. DeMarvin Leal, he's been outstanding for Texas A&M on the defensive line, but I just think that uh, with the linemen they got, I don't know, I think they could possibly replace him. John Menchie mm-hmm. for Alabama, he's been outstanding. He I got him some consideration. Christian Harris, yeah. another outstanding Alabama, uh, this time a defensive player. Uh, Martin Emerson from Mississippi State, he's been great at corner, also considered him. And uh, uh, one other guy, Trayvon Walker, Georgia defensive lineman. But, man, them, them linemen grow on trees down there in Athens. So, Well, let me ask you, because the, the one I think you're missing here, and, and help me if I'm wrong here, but where's Beatty at? Hmm. Damn it, Shane! I mean, you, <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> no. I, I think, don't call. I think. Um, I think he's a, he was a senior. Yeah, but he's still gone. Is that not count? No, these are these are guys that are leaving early for the NFL. Oh, okay. Well, he still should be on your list. That's that's who's coming at you, man. Because Missouri, make sure you specify that because. Uh, I was thinking in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, nobody's changed an offense more than Beatty has. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he was Mizzou. So, uh, all right. Okay, Matt, that makes sense next, now. So, just next people episode, that left early. Seniors, most important. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, I got you now. I'm with you now. Sorry, it's been a while since I've potted with you, Mike. Well, hey, last thing, Shane. Man, I'm already getting fired up for next season. Uh, even I was, forgot some of these games were coming up. But, man, we have got a stellar lineup 
of non-conference football games here next season. I just, I'm getting excited. I know it's like 250 days away, but I cannot wait for some of these matchups, Shane. And I, I pretty much am just going to go in the order of uh, the games I'm most anticipating. So these are the biggest non-conference games that these SEC teams got next season. How's that sound? Well, sounds like. My New Year's resolution, Mike, is <laughs> down the drain. Let's uh, – I'm ready. I'm ready to critique this thing. Let's, what do you got? All right, number one, I'm going to – like I said, I'm starting off with the games that I think are most anticipated in my mind. And we got Alabama, Shane, on the road at Texas, week two of the season. Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian. I know Texas isn't that good, but it's not often we see Alabama in a venue like this and – and this, you got to believe this is going to be the Longhorns Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even if they ain't that good, they're going to they're gonna give it everything they got for a game like this. They got to. It'll probably be taken over by Crimson Tide fans. That'll probably be even more beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, man, I just love these home and homes. And I don't know if there's a bigger marquee one than Alabama at Texas. Mike, I'm telling you, I mean, just think about how, how big the Arkansas-Texas game was. It, it was one of those that they just kept – Building up, building up. We did it with LSU in Texas. It's just one of those games we we kind of put on a platform. And now you got Texas that's coming to the SEC, and and who you gonna face a lot? You know, Alabama. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is gonna be a great matchup, no brainer for me, number one on the list. I do want to ask you a quick question about Mike. Um, we're getting a little late. Uh, I'm not hearing a lot of rumors or anything like that. It doesn't sound like Texas and uh, Oklahoma are moving anytime soon, correct? Or, or are you hearing anything or anything? I, I know we've got over the news section, but, you know, since you brought Texas up, I'm just wondering, you know, are we still on schedule multiple years down the road bringing them in, or do you think this thing changes in the offseason? Well, apparently, Shane, the SEC is um, basically, you know, they're in the process right now of getting – so next season is going to be obviously the 2022 season. Uh-huh. And right now they're in the process of doing the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm hearing, they are basically doing two schedules. So one without Texas and Oklahoma and one with okay. Texas and Oklahoma for 2023. So it certainly seems like that's kind of what the target date that they're, that they're going for. But if they can get it done even quicker, you know, they, they would, but, I wonder how that would affect the schedules that are already out. I mean, they're they're so far out. I, right. I know we can rearrange them, but it would cause quite the headache. So, I mean, at this rate, I don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't okay. for next season. But I certainly hope it does because, man, that will just throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, it, if we know it's coming, it needs to come quick. You know what? Absolutely. Well, I mean, and – they kind of threw it together during COVID. You know what I'm right. saying? When they did the all-SEC schedule. So, it is it is feasible. It is possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm with you. I think we're we're going to be at least another year out. So, it's a taste, man. We, we said it last year when they played Arkansas. Uh, but who better than Texas and Alabama? I think that's going to be an awesome, awesome game. Now, how about this one, Shane? Another home-and-home. Home. It's, it's great. We're getting more and more home-and-homes. Uh, we're moving away from the neutral site games. Miami at Texas A&M, Shane. I didn't even <laughs> forgot all about that one. Week three of the season, College Station, what a setting. And, I, again, I know Miami's not, like, the greatest team in the world, but seeing Miami in College Station, that's going to be just incredible, incredible atmosphere. 
So you're saying this is number two on your list? I think so, just because that's, I don't know, mm. that's a marquee program coming. I don't know if they've ever played in College Station. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I get it, but it seems like we do this every year with Miami, and we <laughs> talk them up, and they're going to be good, you know? I mean, we, then we watch Florida kick their ass. Then we watch Alabama <laughs> kick their ass. It's like, come on now. I mean, when do we stop putting Miami up there on the list, you know? So, so I don't know if I'd have it quite number two yet because I think this one we're going to turn over in the second quarter. You know, we're going to say, what other game is on? <laughs> All right, how about this one? This one should be a little bit more competitive, but I docked it because it's a neutral field, Shane. We hate these neutral fields. Georgia versus Oregon. Oh, yeah. In Atlanta, opening weekend, the national champions. And don't forget, defensive coordinator Dan Lanning, he's taking over at Oregon now. Oregon's got Bo Nix now. I mean, so this this is going to be a, a little bit more marquee of a game. I, Oregon is uh, pretty damn good. I, th- I think they were uh, number two in the Pac-12 last year. So Yeah. That, there you, there was there you a go. lot of – they beat Ohio State there for a while, was yep. considered being one of the college football playoff teams. So, uh, yeah, this is a big game. Uh, obviously, Dan knows exactly what's coming to town. Uh, where's Where's it going to be held at? It's a neutral site game, right? So, yeah, in Atlanta in the Mercedes-Benz oh, okay. Stadium. Oh, God. It might as well be in Athens, <laughs> brother. So <laughs> Exactly. That's going to be a good game. Uh, and it's always fun to watch Oregon. I, I think of uh, some of the games they've had in the SEC past. Wasn't it uh, Auburn? You know, that that one came down mm-hmm. to the wire. Uh, you know, so they've they've been competitive. I expect this to be a little bit more competitive uh, than we've seen in years past from Oregon. So, uh, yeah, good game. I, I like this one. I'd move this one. Man, this is probably number two on me right now. All right, how about this one, Shane? Cincinnati just went to the playoff. Uh-huh. opening the season at Arkansas. And, that, you know, that'll be a nice little <laughs> test for, for both those teams. But, hey, there's no uh, cupcake for Arkansas right off the bat here. You you want to prove that Cincinnati don't belong on the same field with you. So, I, that's a big one for me. Did Cincinnati lose their quarterback? I think they lost damn near everybody. But <laughs> Oh, that's, that's great. You know, hey, the good news is, Mike, we can go ahead and get rid of the undefeated talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We don't have to worry about these guys getting penciled in for the top four uh, teams in the country. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a, it's. I mean, there's still going to be a top 25 program, I'd imagine, and uh, this will be a big vi- victory for Sam and them. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to give away my pick just yet, but <laughs> I, I think this is going to be a great game, good test, and it's going to get you ready for the SEC quicker than everyone else. Now, how about this one, Shane? I probably underrated this one, but we got Utah just. Won the Pac-12. They went. They played mm-hmm. in the Rose Bowl, opening the season at Florida. The first game mm. of the Billy Napier era. That should be a hell of a matchup too, don't you think? Yeah, Utah's one of those tricky teams, man. I'm, I mean, it's one of those that you you automatically give yourself a victory, but then you know at halftime you're like, holy shit, this thing's close. You know, it's like, yep. so you can't you cannot slip uh, sleep on Utah. Uh, I doubt the Florida Gators will, but this is going to be a good game. I, I'd like to see this. Now, how about this? Again, another – this is the last neutral site matchup, thankfully, on the on the docket here. But we got LSU versus Florida State in the season mm-hmm. opener in New Orleans where the, uh, the Saints play. So, it's going to be a home field advantage, I would imagine, for LSU. But first game of the Brian Kelly era against Florida State. Yeah. You know, the, he's got a lot to prove in that one. 
No, I like this. This isn't a matchup you're going to see often. So uh, this is one. I, I I don't think have they, have they ever played. I've I've not been on. Uh, I've not checked their Winsipedia lately, but mm. I can't remember a time they, these two programs got together. Do you? I feel like they might have played in a Sugar Bowl or something like that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I don't know LSU you know FSU. What? You know they make a little app called. Uh, Google. So let me just see <laughs> if LSU Winsipedia. I'm sure you could pause it for the listeners. Yep. Okay. Okay. They played quite a bit. Uh, nine games here. Uh-oh. So the yeah. Oh my God. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> 1991 was the last time, Mike. So uh, FSU owns the series. Uh, 91, 90, 89, 83. So that was, uh, man, well, we were kids, so we probably weren't really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you should have been. You were a Florida State fan back then. But, hey, I think this is a, this is going to be a good victory for LSU. Uh, marquee team, you know, it's always good to beat ACC programs. And uh, uh, who better? I mean, you, you literally, you got Florida and Florida State now. You may own the state if you play cards <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Now, how about this one, Shane? A, a rematch of one we just got. It's the return visit. Penn State at Auburn, week three of the season. Mm. Tigers fell just short up there in uh, in wherever the hell they play, Penn State. But now we're getting the return trip. We're going to get some revenge with the Auburn Tigers on the plains hosting Penn State. That should be a great matchup, mm. don't you think? Absolutely. That's I, I thought that was a great game last year, and I think the refs kind of screwed them a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, what better than uh, a bounce-back game this season? So, um, that was going to be exciting. That that one, I'd move up the list but just because how close it was last year. Now, how about this one, Shane? It's not often we get uh, an SEC team traveling out west, but we got Arkansas at BYU. Uh-oh. Mm. Middle of the season, week seven. So, it's a, it's a very interesting that uh, Arkansas is going to travel out there. I know BYU, obviously, a proud, proud football tradition, right. and they're usually pretty solid. So I don't think it's going to be a gimme. I think the last time a SEC team traveled out to BYU, it was uh, Dan Mullen, Mississippi State, and I think uh, BYU won that game, if I recall. So when what what part of the season is this? What Week seven. What game is this? Week seven. Okay, so you got a few games under your belt. Yeah, I mean – by this time, both the teams are humming, so uh, it should be a good matchup, brother. That BYU is kind of like Utah. It's just one of those teams mm-hmm. you, you can never put away. You can never, you know, count them out because it seems like they got a NFL quarterback every three or four years, you know. So, I don't know what they got on the <laughs> roster. Haven't done any deep dive into, into BYU, but uh, I think it would be a hell of a matchup. And it would be kind of cool seeing uh, Arkansas uh, get a victory out west. Now, how about this one's for you, Shane? Revenge game for last season. It's the return trip, the Johnny Majors Classic here. Tennessee at Pitt, week two yeah. of the season. Josh Heupel, Hendon Hooker, they've uh, they got to get this one to make up for last year. You know what? Yeah, maybe they'll talk about Johnny Majors a little bit here. Felt like it was Peyton Manning and the quarterback. So I, I, I you know, we don't have to listen to that for for two or three hours. So I, I think this is going to be a good matchup. This is a kind of like you said, a revenge game. There was a, I think Tennessee, if they would have played them at the at the end of the season, I don't think it would even have been close. Mm-hmm. So uh, now Tennessee has an identity. Tennessee has an offense, and uh, it, it'd be fun to go up there in Pennsylvania and get a victory. Oh, Shane, real quick, just a little aside here. You know, last week we I referenced it, 
But Tennessee and Washington, they've got a home and home. They just scheduled. Uh And I saw on, I think it was on Twitter, someone uh, posted, you know, the future schedule of Tennessee. And there's, I can't remember who's all on it, but obviously Pitt, Washington. uh, There's there's some other marquee games coming up. And the first comment under it, Shane, I thought you'd really appreciate this, said, I look forward to those, all those teams having a franchise quarterback the year Tennessee (laughs) plays Oh, ain't that the truth, man? It just seems like every time the backup quarterback comes in or something and, and then all of a sudden he's in the NFL. So, oh, man, that's awesome. That wasn't me, but that was a great comment. Hey, how about this one, Shane Vandy? It's like a bowl trip to open the season. Week one, this is pretty bizarre. Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Okay. Nice little trip. I'd, I'd go out there a couple weeks early if I was Clark Lee and, kept <laughs> and just soak it in, hang out with the flying Hawaiian, get, yeah. get you a win to start the season because Hawaii's not worth anything. Uh, how about that? That's a that's a pretty interesting one. <laughs> yeah, Clark Lee scheduled that one, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, does uh, San Diego got a team? Let's go over there next year. <laughs> Well played, Coach. Well played. No, that'd be a fun game. Uh, it'd be a late game too. So, yeah. not used to watching those after hours pack <laughs> games, but uh, that would be a good matchup there. <laughs> now we got two for Mississippi State, Shane, back to back, week one, week two, and I really just went Memphis first because they're week one. Because we got to get payback. They're coming mm-hmm. to Starkville next season, and then Mississippi State again. This is weird. Headed out west to play at Arizona, so. Mississippi State, they always find these really odd games. You know, NC State, Memphis last year, this year, Memphis, Arizona. But, uh, man, the Pirate facing a Pac-12 opponent that uh, he's crushed time and time again. I can't wait to see that. But really looking forward to this Memphis game because as long as the same refs don't show up, we're, we're in good hands here in the <laughs> SEC. You know what? Yeah, that's right. Another revenge game for the refs. But I, I think this is a – I like this. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but it, it seems like they are making an effort to get out west. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the SEC's growing. We've got Texas. We've got Oklahoma now. You know, the only thing now is just to take over the west and the north. So, I, I, you do that by, by scheduling games out there so more people have their eyes on you. So, yeah. uh, I think this is a smart move from the Pirate and Gang. I think this thing's been playing for a few years. I don't, I don't know if I can give him credit, but uh, it will be an awesome matchup, and uh, I like seeing it. Now, how about this one, Shane? Missouri at Kansas State, week two of the season. That's, again, not a, a typical SEC right. stomping ground. Their game in the Midwest. That, that's going to be a big one for Eli Drinkwitz and company because uh, Kansas State, I, I know LSU basically took half a team there, but Kansas <laughs> State beat them. So, hey, we got yeah. we got something to prove here against Kansas State. Yeah, fun team to watch. Uh, what was it? Mississippi State. They played a few years back. You know, that was a mm-hmm. that was a hell of a game. Uh, I remember you bet on that won. one. <laughs> yeah, I did. Of course, it did. <laughs> That's the old helicopter game, I think. So uh, uh, when what's his name got sent up in the air. But anyway, that should be a good matchup. Is uh, now uh, Dan Snyder? What is he? One hundred and five? He's going to be coaching this thing, or they got another son in there? <laughs> <laughs> they got his his. 50-year-old grandson taking over. So. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and last one, Shane, Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. I, I don't know that they've ever played. Week three of the season, they are traveling to 
Atlanta to take on the Yellow Jackets. So I just thought that'd be a little bit of an interest, interesting game. Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Yeah, if it's the same Georgia Tech I saw last year, that won't be a game at all. So, that's a tune-up game right there, brother. And the only two teams we didn't mention, South Carolina and Kentucky, Shane. I mean, my goodness, you look at their non-conference schedule, it's – I mean, it's laughable outside of the South South Carolina at Clemson, of course. So, that's got to be the marquee one. And then uh, mm-hmm. Louisville at Kentucky. They're the rivalry weeks. We always look forward to those, but – uh, the other three games those teams are playing, not even worth discussing in this format. I mean, they're they're that bad. <laughs> hey, hey, that's what you do, man. That's what I'd do if I was a new coach. I, I don't know what Mark's excuse is. He could take on <laughs> quite a few teams out there. But uh, if, I, if I'm a Beamer, this is what I want. I want a couple of easy victories because – I want to make the bowl. So right, right. I, I do that by, by scheduling these. So I don't blame them. And, and when you do have an, you know, your rival is Clemson, you know, a team that keeps finding their ways into a college football playoff talk, you know, you definitely got to be careful with scheduling. So I don't blame them on this. Now, a couple of years from now, when Beamer's got the boys humming, I, yeah, we're going to make fun of that schedule for sure. Mm-hmm. Like Mark. Mark, Mark should, <laughs> should have scheduled somebody. There's no reason. Do you have their offseason? Do you have the three, their three opponents? Yeah. Okay, so here's Shane. Here's the non-conference schedule for Kentucky next season. And these are all mm-hmm. home games, yeah. all four of them. Miami, uh-oh, but of Ohio. Oh. <laughs> Miami of Ohio to open the season. Youngstown State, week three. That's not even mm. FBS team. Uh, Northern Illinois. And then wow. Louisville there to close out the the schedule. So <laughs> I mean, you got there's your four your four oh, wins right there. You got to beat Vanderbilt, Youngstown. You're, you're yeah. one SEC. You got to win two SEC games to go to a bowl game. Yeah, those those boys work the mines in the morning, <laughs> then they go play at night. You know. <laughs> Here's South Carolina's because we're not just trying to call out Kentucky here. Georgia State at home. Mm-hmm. Charlotte at home. Ooh. South Carolina. State at home, so oh, I mean, <laughs> don't even know where it's at. Don't even know. That's one of those that made-up teams that you get on uh, NCAA. <laughs> Bring them up to the SEC. <laughs> Tiburon, you remember them Tiburon Sharks? <laughs> exactly. Making their uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I love it. I love it, man. I don't blame it. I wouldn't do it, too, man. I just want to win. You know, I'm not going to act like I wouldn't do it. But uh, (laughs) after my team's, you know, kicking ass in the SEC, I'm probably going to just schedule one, just one team Mm -hmm. that that is marquee and I don't have to pay them money to play, you know. Jeez. Well, Shane, I I think that's a great place to end the show. I really appreciate uh, all your time on this Sunday evening. I know you want to get back with the fam after that calzone has been digested. And, uh, oh, buddy. Man, uh, so we'll be back uh, for the rest of the week. Got some great interviews lined up, trying to keep this thing going. Like Shane said, we're going on uh, vacation here a week from today. So, hey, I'm trying to keep this going until that time, get a little break in, cannot wait uh need a vacation that's for sure but yeah. uh, anything else before we hop off the line here buddy no man it's just uh good to be back on um you know i, I like i said I, I appreciate all the effort and all the shows you've been putting out man 
you know, I know it ain't easy. So, yeah, I think you need a break. Looking forward to it. And, um, you know, as soon as we get down there, some jaw-breaking news is going to hit. So <laughs> I'm going to bring my gear just in case we got to jump on. But uh, that's usually what happens. But, no, it's it's good to talk to you again, Mike. And uh, I look forward to a, a electrifying off season. You know, I, I, I don't think it's – I don't know. I, I just feel like this is going to be a wild one, a, a wild ride. Of course, we're going to have our list. Of course, we're going to still have some uh, some experts coming on talking about your teams. Uh, but we want you to be prepared. We want you to know what your program's going to look like when you when kickoff comes. We don't want you to be sideswiped and say, "Well, who's this guy?" You know. <laughs> so uh, we're we're definitely going to do our best to uh, to bring the pulse of each team in the SEC. And as you know, we we love to touch touch on all of them here lately you know it seems like it's been all georgia alabama well not anymore uh it's all all 14 teams 16 hell we may even work in a little texas and uh oklahoma news if we get it but mm-hmm. uh i'm looking forward to it brother and uh i'm looking forward to the the great content we're going to have in 2022 man absolutely well i appreciate you shane as always i appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls. Yeah. So no other players can at this time say they're going pro. Um, okay. So I'm just going to rank the top ten that I think are going to be the toughest to replace. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. Fun fun little topics here. And I'm just going to insert a couple of jokes. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we're not reinventing the wheel here, Mike. <laughs>